Hello and welcome. You are tuned in to the Alachua County Extension Court Podcast, where we plug in and bring UF IFAS Extension to life. Well, it is September, and this month's plant of the month is savory sage. Hit my S is hard on that one. <laughs> the alliteration, I like it. <laughs> September, where has the year gone? Oh, September, know, savory fall. sage, triple yep. S. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good things are going to happen here. Uh, <laughs> so as always, I am Kevin Corris, your host on the uh, uh, Plan of the Month podcast, and I'm joined by Cynthia Nazario-Leary. Hello. And Martha Maddox. Hey. And we're going to talk about how to plant, grow, things you need to watch out for uh, when growing and harvesting sage, and then what we can do with it in the kitchen. Yes. So sage, mm-hmm. it's one of those great herbs. I feel like if you're going to have an herb start kit, sage, sage should be one of those oh, that's included in, the, in there, it right? But I feel like it's also one of those underutilized herbs. Like, oh, it is. Like people, I think, grow it, and then they're like, okay, what do I do with it? Oh, it's just for Thanksgiving. Wrong. (laughs) Right. Um, So growing sage, what's great about it is that you probably are actually very familiar with it. It's a salvia species. Um, There's lots of different cultivars of it. Um, It can be grown for, it's an herb, but it can also be grown as a nice ornamental uh, landscape plant. So it's very versatile. It can be used throughout the garden. It does need a sunny place. It likes, tends to like full sun. Although I noticed during the summertime, like if you're going to grow it, if it's, you know, the heat is still going on, you know, then you can plant it in a cooler part of your of your house. So like maybe the east side or the north side, because it'll still get that enough sun, um, but it won't be so intensely hot. hot. But it tends <clears throat> to do okay in these hotter months. Um, but going into the fall, it should also do well, but it just, it needs that sun and then the key with sage is it doesn't like its feet wet. I've yeah. killed mm-hmm. many a sage by keeping it in a pot that didn't drain very well. It makes sense, like based on its plant architecture, those big old fuzzy leaves. Fuzzy leaves, you know right? That it, it, yeah, it's it, it kind of means it's, it's a almost zeric. kind of like a yeah, like a deserty type plant yeah. because it's it's designed to conserve that yep. water loss exactly. Um, <clears throat> and what I found actually is like um, with sage, I also do it for thyme. And my rosemary, all these kind of like more Mediterranean-ish, deserty plants. I like to grow them in terracotta pots because the terracotta it kind of keeps, it wicks the moisture, but keeps it cool, but doesn't let them, like they dry out better than if they're in a plastic <laughs> plastic pot. Nice. Um, I like herbs in pots because I can move them around too. Yeah. So, but like I said, salvia is also very, or sage, I call it salvia because i tend to go by scientific names, but uh, it can go in a lot of sunny areas. So I've seen it like also on the border of a, of a landscape bed. Um, it has a very pretty flower when it goes to flower, but if you want to use it for an herb, you actually don't want it the to flower. bolt, right? right? You don't want it to get that flower. <clears throat> um, the other thing too is it can get a little leggy. That's why that full sun is important. And if it gets leggy, what's going to happen is it's it's going to have longer space between the leaves, and so you're going to get less leaves to harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets lanky, and then it falls over, and it doesn't look as good. Sure. So. Nice. And, you know, you mentioned it's, it's it's a nice landscape plant as well. It does have showy nice flowers, but mm-hmm. even just the foliage itself, that kind of big, so fuzzy, fun. lightish green or almost gray. Looking, yeah. And yeah. it's like a contrast to, like, all the other greenery that's going on, right? Because it's that different color and different mm-hmm. texture. Yeah. 
Nice. So does it, uh, is it hardy? Does it, are there any diseases? I'd imagine it's actually probably hard for fungi because of the fuzziness of the leaves. Yeah. So it's one of those, like I said, I've only really had disease issues with it when it's, when it's not well-drained, right. then root, you start to get um, yeah disease issues. Now, I do notice that mites like it. Mm-hmm. It gets some of those um, mites, and it can get some other sucking insect issues. And what happens, is, especially with those mites, they get into those hairs, and they it is, can be really hard to get at them. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're diligent, I use usually uh, some sort of neem or mm-hmm. you know some type of soapy type of contact. Yeah. Uh, pesticide that then you can apply on them. Now, remember, these are herbs too, though. So if you're using them for food and you have a pest issue, you really want to make sure you're following the label and to make sure that that, whatever you're using, whatever pesticide you're using is safe for herb and consumption. And you want to make look that you're checking that date to make sure that it, you can harvest it when you need to. So often when um, spider mites are going to be an issue, usually when it's dry and hot, that's when they tend to come out. And having some other beneficial plants or having some trap crops, I like to plant marigolds with my sage. Um, They seem to attract all the pests that I don't want on my herbs. Um, But that is one of those that I kind of let it grow out of and then then I harvest it from. And then you're talking about the... uh, the standoff time. That is why we really stress and people's like, oh, I just go out there and grab it and gather it and use it. Uh, no, 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 no. Because what has been sprayed on it? What what actually yeah. is on it? You never know what animal has been in there or, or right. what's going on. <laughs> right. So we always need to wash our herbs when we gather yes. them. And some herbs, as, as you'll learn in, in the culinary world, like Basil, we talked about, will start darkening, so you want to try to get the water off, really, you know, really quickly and all like that. But uh, I always would recommend in my classes when I teach them, if you know the next morning you're going to uh, gather your herbs, go out there and give them a good watering mm-hmm. the night before, and then when the dew goes off, you go gather them, and then you can give them a quicker washing than. Then you might have to. Right. And sage is tough, too, because yeah. it's hairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sage isn't going to hurt. You know, it's got to, but if you've been spraying it, like I said, you just want to make yeah. sure that you're reading the label. And then, um, as Martha mentioned, it's like, you know, make sure you're rinsing your leaves really well. So you can harvest the leaves from the sage. You want you usually want to harvest the leaves. You can try if you're, if, if it's leggy or it's getting tall, you could prune off the top of it and just harvest those leaves. And I'm sure you can talk about drying. Mm-hmm. What's really nice about sage is it's an excellent herb for drying and saving for those months mm-hmm. when you don't have the fresh plant mm-hmm. um, because it actually concentrates that, that oh, flavor, right? it concentrates right? those oils. Yeah. It's, a, it's so. an annual, right? Yeah, I treat it as an annual. I mean, some of the salvias you can keep going, but eventually they just peter out. Yeah. They just get they just get too le- leggy. Okay. And uh, how do you know when a leaf's ready? On a I usually like, you know, it's it's fully developed but not old. You don't want old leaves. You want them nice and, well, and that's where the cultivar, it might change the, the color. But um, they shouldn't be crinkly. They should kind of still have a, um, I don't want to say sponginess to them, mm-hmm. but. Like a, um, they should be turgid. <laughs> <laughs> Full yeah, of water. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, you want them to be perky and green and soft, mm-hmm. and you want that uh, aroma in there. Right. And yeah. if there's not an aroma in there, you sure. don't want it. Right. 
Uh, they, and I would go not for the oldest leaves, unless you've been picking it regularly. You want to probably go for those middle leaves. Mm-hmm. The I mean, and younger leaves too will probably work. But if you overpick, then it may not recover. Basically, sure. mm-hmm. what's nice too about sage is you can propagate it. Actually, with most salvias, well, mm-hmm. most salvias that I know, you can propagate them. So if you want to make more of them, you can just take cuttings. They're very easy to propagate. You stick those things in water, they'll start growing roots. But so you can do like an- little stem cuttings. Okay, so if they're annuals, do you hold them? No, but you can keep them going. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, so they'll you- start over again. It's almost like they hit the reset button when you propagate them. Now, I don't know how many times like out... I mean, that's maybe like a future like study, like how many times can you, do can it? you yeah, propagate sure. it and it still goes. Sure, but sure. Um, it's a way if you want to maintain the cultivar because sure. um, you can get salvia fr- or sage from seed, but if you l- want like a particular type or you see one that you like, you mm-hmm. can you can um, propagate it. So And yes. you get a faster turnaround from when you plant it out. Because from seed, it'll take like 75 to 80 days to okay, grow out. sure. Makes sense. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else for the good of the cause? Oh, that's sage? just, it's just a good, you know, oh, always like beginner farmer, beginner, sorry, beginner gardener, <laughs> farmer, um, anyone who's interested in growing herbs. I just like, you know, like I said at the beginning, this is a good one to add to that initial round of herbs that you're starting because it, it's, it's not only easy and versatile in the garden, but it's also versatile in the kitchen. Nice. So speaking of the kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> let's go there with Martha. All right. Um, so yeah, herbs. They're, they're, we've been doing a, a few herbs lately. There's, you know, why are they so popular? Other herbs than their are popular taste? because <laughs> they, you know, you're hearing in the dietary guidelines to reduce your sodium mm-hmm. because we, we love salt. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. salt's a flavor enhancer. Herbs are a flavor enhancer. So when we enhance the flavor with herbs, we cut the sodium in our diet. And when we cut the sodium in our diet, we can decrease our hypertension, our risk of cardiovascular diseases, kidney problems, and other health complications. Because, Kevin, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Mm -hmm. the American public consumes four to six times the amount of sodium they need in a day's time. That's too much and probably not near enough water to... No. Because you need to have, you know, your your water and your sodium balance mm-hmm. there. So basically, that's why we use herbs to reduce the sodium nice. in our diet. Because nice. it tastes good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, Cynthia did mention about, you know, you find a, a particular sage that you like and you can propagate it and try to uh, maintain that flavor. But uh, there, are, there are different types of sages. Are there some that are better for culinary Yes, use? and... If, if anyone wants to know, they can email me at mmaddox at ufl.edu or refer to, you know, some of the, the publications. But just because it's a sage plant mm-hmm. does not mean it is edible. There are some of yes. the sages for landscaping that are poisonous are not edible. So I'm going to talk about three of the popular culinary sages. The, the number one is the garden sage or common sage. This is what you'll see at Thanksgiving time in your stuffings. It has, it's excellent for cooking. It uh, is soft and has silvery green leaves. It's great in tea. Sage tea, yeah. I thought when a friend turned (laughs) me on to this, she was crazy. My favorite tea is blackberry sage. Mm. 
you take the blackberries, you know, and infuse them with your hot water with the sage. Or I like to just go get four or five uh, leaves of sage, especially before I have a big presentation. <clears throat> Put those in the hot water, steep it for about five minutes to eight minutes, take the leaves out, put some honey uh, in there, and you have one of the best teas you've ever drank. Mm. Now, be very careful and don't overindulge in sage tea because there can be some issues. And also, before you start doing herbs uh, real heavy with teas and uh, all, you need to see if it has any type of interaction with medications you may be on. Sure. But the garden sage uh, can be used fresh or dried and can be used in all types of foods that we, we have. Uh, another one is purple sage. And if you're making sausages or uh, doing poultry dishes or pork dishes and soups and stews, the purple sage is excellent to use. And the purple sage is exactly what it says. It has that tinted purple accent or tint. It's really good in butters, but be really careful how you put it in there because... You know, you just want your butter tinted, not turned totally purple, probably, and you don't want to overuse it. Uh, it's also sage, the purple sage is good in your cheeses. Pineapple sage is excellent. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. And I'm going to have to contradict something mm -hmm. that Cynthia said. Uh -oh. The flowers of, per of pineapple sage are awesome to toss them in a salad, they're mm. like honeysuckle because of the little nectar uh, inside, oh, mm. and those are edible. And they taste like pineapples. They have a, a mild flavor of pineapple. And pineapple sage is exactly what, you know, it sounds like. They're great in teas. They're best in salads. And in your savory dishes, especially meat, like chicken and fish. And also they make a real colorful garnish. And those are the main three that you'll find in culinary use. Sometimes you'll call here what's called a white sage, which may be referred to as your garden sage. I've never heard of pineapple sage. I'm totally going to try this. Oh, it's oh yeah. Wonderful. Master gardeners love it. <laughs> now, uh, I didn't know about the flowers, but I'm always careful about recommending eating uh -huh. flowers because right. you always want to double check. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right. But and that's good to know. Yeah. Plus, I mean, flowers attract the pollinators. Indeed. Yeah. Double bonus Double there for yep. pineapple sage. Mm -hmm. uh, so we talked a little bit about harvesting, you know, on the plant and making sure you're getting the right leaf. Um, but is there a certain time of day? Or You want to do it early in the morning. Anytime you're gathering herbs, as soon as that dew is gone, get out there and start gathering because the oils are still intact. And you say, what in the world are you talking about? Mm -hmm. The oil in that leaf is still there because when the high sun at noon hits, that oil starts evaporating. And you're, um, you won't get the flavor, you won't get the aroma, you won't get the taste. You gather Makes them sense. after the sun goes down. Mm, some of it's back in there, but not like right in the morning. And then you want to either clip them or pinch them as close to the stem as you can. Now, if you want a bouquet of sage, and some people just want to decorate and do a bouquet of sage, you can clip off the stems and then put it in water and, and have sure. it as a bouquet. Okay. And so, you know, if it's fresh, obviously obviously it should have a good color. That should be perky. Um, it shouldn't be limp or floppy and dried out. But right. if you're buying dried sage, it, it should kind of be the opposite, right? It, right. Dried sage, you want it crumbly. Yeah. Now, 
Here's the catch-22 with dried sage. Uh, fresh versus dried. The fresh, you get to see it. You get to smell it. You want a smell there. Yeah. Dried sage is inside a bottle or a package. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get to smell it till you sure. go home and open it or you dry your own. So I'm going to talk about drying my own, keeping in mind if this is not what happens when you open the bottle, you need to keep that receipt and take it mm-hmm. back to the store. So when you dry your own sage, you want to make sure there is a very strong scent there. If there's no scent, you it, it's not good. And you want to make sure it is crumbly. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, so st- we can kind of you know lead this into st- storing it. Um, what is kind of the best way to store well, it, whether it's fresh or, or dried? If it's fresh, the best way is to do it with, especially if you're not going to use it immediately, is to have the stalks or the flowers of sage, uh, and, it, and I'll call that a flower bouquet, which is the stalks with some uh, leaves on it, in the water and store that in your refrigerator for two to three days covered and then change the water every day. Also, you can take and wash the leaves, uh, or take the unwashed leaves and layer them on your paper towels and roll them like we talked to before and put them in the refrigerator for four days. But they do not need to be washed. They are the dry leaves that you gather and do that. You can also put them in, somebody said, I don't want to roll them in paper towels and put them in a bag. Mm-hmm. You can layer them in a Tupperware, any kind of plastic container. You can layer them in that with your uh, paper towels. You want the paper towels to absorb the moisture, and that's about three to four days. Okay. Um, and then store them somewhere. In I the refrigerator. Oh, in the okay. refrigerator. All right. Okay. Um. <clears throat> So how does dried and fresh sage differ in, in, in taste and, and use? Well, uh, with I, I want to go back and oh, tell people how to dry sage Oh, first, I apologize. Debbie. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to tell them how to dry it first. Because mm-hmm. if they're going to dry it, they go out there and they gather it. They put it in bundles. And they can gather just the leaves and tie them in a bundle mm-hmm. and hang them somewhere where they can suspend in a sunny window, in a dry place. Um uh, but it's cool, dry, and you about a week, they'll start drying. Here is the catch-22. It has to be 100% dry. No moisture in it or it will mold. How do you know? When you take that leaf and you'll need a newspaper, parchment paper, I prefer parchment paper, laying down there because it will crumble in your hands mm-hmm. it crumbles okay and that means it has no water in it so now then how does fresh and dried differ in taste they basically taste the same but except with our taste buds the drier sage is two to three times stronger mm. than the fresh sage so if a recipe that's written for dried sage calls for a tablespoon of, uh, okay, if it calls for a teaspoon of dried sage, you're going to want to add a tablespoon of fresh sage Mm -hmm. because there's three teaspoons in a tablespoon. Sure. 
basically, uh, also the texture will be different because the, the tenderness of the sage. The cooking also. Your drier sage is going to have a stronger, you're going to have the aroma, and you want to really use your dried sage in the robust dishes that you fix, like soups, stews, and casseroles. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that you can't use the fresh sage, but you're going to have to use more. You still will not get the flavor. The dried sage, I prefer it over fresh in most of my cooking because of... um, the, the whole uh, leaves and the ground form, the rubbing form. I can take the rubbing sage and I can rub it, you know, into my uh, meat and my product where the leaves, you know, like Cynthia said, it has that furry stuff. Yeah, you can't rub that in there. <laughs> the, the, the dried powdery, you can. So also you kind of for substitution, something to, to look at is if you're going to substitute a recipe, one teaspoon of dried sage for every seven fresh leaves okay. or te- two teaspoons of minced fresh sage. So one teaspoon of the dried. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so how, what, how do we, uh, you mentioned some soups and if for robust dishes, but uh, are there, what are some other ways of cooking with sage? Well, first of all, if, if you're going to cook with fresh sage, you want to make sure you chop it, and I mean chop it very finely. The ground sage, you're just going to measure it out or rub it. Uh, you remember that a small amount goes a long way. Mm-hmm. If you're using a recipe, a new recipe, and you're not familiar with sage, I would almost tell you to half or three-fourths that sage because you may not like it. Uh, we can use it to fill raviolis to make a filling. We can use it in sausages. Uh, stuffing. When somebody <laughs> says sage, you think of poultry stuffing. Uh, have you ever had sage in an omelet? It's phenomenal mm, no. in eggs. Uh, it's, it's fritters, your soups, yeast spreads. I've got a yeast spread recipe that has sage in it. I've got one that's got sage and sausage in it and cheese that I make rolls with. Marinades. Marinades are awesome with your sage. Uh, Sausages, the meat pies, uh, it goes well and it really accents your beef, your pork, your veal, your fish, your lamb, poultry, duck. Artichokes and tomatoes and sage are outstanding. Sage and asparagus, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. Oranges and sage have a creative, really refreshing flavor, uh, along with the lemons, the garlics, the lentils, and the shell beans. Now, with all of that being said, you see you can use it a wide variety of ways. Absolutely. But you can also make pestos out of it. You can have it with pastas, ricottas, gnocchi. But it pairs well with just your raviolis, crumbled with some a sage over it and some extra virgin olive oil. But you can also take and fry those big sage leaves. And you can do it in your air fryer. And they are really good. And you get a really explosive sage flavor. Mm. But in the vegetables, I haven't talked about that. And we have fall, you know, up on us. And you're going to have winter squashes, pumpkins, potatoes, parsnips, and sweet potatoes. Try garnishing those or whipping those 
with sage and sage butter. Making sage butter is really excellent. Mm, yeah, that sounds delicious. Yep. And they, it, you know, pretty much goes with every other type of um, herb as well. You can you know, compare it, it with it. Pretty much, it pretty much does anywhere from rosemary, your oregano's, your basil's, your parsley's, your mint, your thyme, uh, all of them. It really whole sage. If you're going to use whole sage, that accents best with your flat leaf parsley, your summer savory, and your bay leaves and your sweet basil to make a bouquet of garnet that you really should put in some type of uh, bag or um, cheesecloth and drop it in your soups. That makes a Ooh, really yeah. good uh, bouquet garnet to give an added flavor to. But yeah, it goes with, it's, it's a versatile mm-hmm. herb. Awesome. Well, go out and get some sage and plant it in the garden and uh, delay some enjoy some delicious fall dishes. Um, I, I did want to just finish with, I just wanted to distinguish that there's multiple salvia sage species. Uh-huh. And so this, the sage I was thinking of was the salvia officinalis. That's the garden sage. Uh-huh. The pineapple and the purple are going to be different species. So they're going to, when we were describing like what the leaf is, they're mm-hmm. going to be different. And gotcha. some of the sages salvias <laughs> are act as more perennial too so and they some of them are very prolific at reseeding themselves too sure. so i was kind of focused on the officinalis which sometimes we just treat as an annual because it doesn't last as long but there's also plenty of other salvias out there and as martha mentioned make sure you know which salvia you have because some are edible and some are not but they Absolutely. all they all can start to look very similar yep, yeah yep. Yeah, before purchasing any seeds or some seedlings, yes. yep. Again, make sure they're the edible kind. Right, if that's your or you see one sprouting up in your right. Oh, that looks exactly. like a salvia. <laughs> and you know. don't always go by the little sticker that's stuck in there because everybody comes along and puts the sticker yeah. out, and puts that. So I might ask somebody, especially if you bought them in a garden center that's been sitting around. And yeah, pineapple sage is one that does not have the woolly. And right, the purple has it looks a like a ornamental. Yeah. One. Okay. So I just wanted to clarify that. Good, good. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, yes, be careful when you're out there selecting your sage. Make sure it's the one you're after. Make sure it's edible. <laughs> Make right. sure it's edible if that is your yeah, is that a, if that is your goal. So but thank you so much for joining us here on the Alachua County Extension Corn podcast. Uh, and until next time, see y'all later.